Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Riding on the Wall podcast. I go by the name of Chris Frizzell. We have Blue Shindo in the building, and today we have a special, special returning guest. Everybody give it up for Gabe Aguilar. How you doing, Gabe? I'm doing good, Chris. I'm doing good, Blue. All right. So it's been a crazy... We Last time we had you on this podcast was about a year and, what, two months ago, right? Yep. It's yep. been one heck of a ride. How do you feel? I feel good. I mean, it's good to be back. It's good to see you guys doing a lot of good things. And, um, you know, where you took this podcast is amazing, you know, and I want to see you guys take it to one day where you guys have your own radio station or you guys have your own Sirius XM or something that just helps get information and shares great stories. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you for your support. Uh, We're just, you know, trying to do our part here and bring some positive into the community. That's all. So how's this past year, year and a couple months been? Almost two years. It's been tough. A lot yeah. of trials. You know, as you know, as we did our last podcast, you know, um, I was barely taking the presidency. And as we were going into the podcast, you know, we got hit with the coronavirus. and um, We didn't even know about the corona at that time. Uh, no, we yeah. didn't. I, I think we were kind of hearing it in the news, but I think at the time New Mexico hasn't had a case. And yeah. um, as we were going, I think like, Later on, a week and a half or two weeks later, New Mexico got hit. Mm-hmm. So, so yep. but no, um, you know that changed the whole ball game for uh, myself, leadership. It, um, you know, it changed the whole ball game for Mescalero. Um, we went from trying to uh, improve, trying to help. Um, you know, as as I ran, I wanted to focus on different things, but then life went into where I was focusing focusing on safety. Yeah. You know? protecting people what was you think was the biggest obstacle during this whole time the, the biggest obstacle would be like is you're fighting um something that you can't see something that you don't know is there well you know it's there but you can't feel it you can't you don't know because um some people have crazy symptoms they're coughing sneezing and then they go get tested they're negative then the next person barely any symptoms and they're positive yeah so it, it's it was the hardest part not knowing you know not knowing what how to um encounter because i don't think any leader really figured that they were going to be leading during this pandemic mm-hmm. so. yeah that's uh um i don't think anybody that has will take up like presidency like wishes to be in that position but you know, maybe you were put in, you were put in that spot for a reason. Um, I don't know how to think about that, like because you know it's not fair for you. You had all these ideas and all these goals you wanted to do originally, and your entire term was full of COVID. It was full of mm-hmm. reacting, um, and you wanted to be more pre- proactive, um, as from what I can remember from our last conversation. But I think you did a as good as a job as anyone can do. Um, I don't know how I would have handled it, so I definitely don't place any judgment on you and how you handled it because 
uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be that guy that has to make the rules and the calls. And um, you have how many thousands of people looking at you every time you make a decision. Like, that's just not something that's enticing, you know, but you, you did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're still smiling today. So I guess yeah, um, as long as, you know, I hear you tried your best and, and you, you went through it with this, uh, being as positive as you could. And um, that, that's all I, I could ask for. So, so Blue, you know, you, you being in the military, too, also, um, you know, we're taught to um, train our mind to um, think, you know, think. We're, try, we're taught to, once you make a decision, you go in, you don't back out, you go in full force, you don't. With this, as we took baby steps, we had to tread lightly because the things that we were doing, you know, like you said, it could affect people because everybody's body is different. You know, and um, the coronavirus really caught me off guard where at night I was having a hard time getting sleep. I was having a hard time. Um, I was just thinking, what could I do to better the community? You know, I kind of treated it like when I went to um, in, in the Army Reserves, I went to uh, hurricanes and um, tornadoes and relief. So I, um, I treated it like how I would respond, you know, to like a natural disaster. But um, we focused on, um, you know, trying to keep people safe. But we always focused on trying to give people the, the right needs and the tools they needed to survive, whether it's um, hand sanitizer, bleach. You know, we focused on um, trying to be there for people. And the hardest part was, and I, I could say this right now, like you're saying, Chris, is um, the mental stage. I don't think we focused on the mental stage when they called you and said, hey, Chris, you're positive. You know, what? there's people that told me they were fine until they got the phone call. The doctor says, I'm sorry, Mr. Aguilar, you're positive. And then when, when, you, when you heard that, all of a sudden you couldn't breathe. All mm-hmm. of a sudden you're starting to have headaches. All of a sudden your body feels like it's shutting down, you know. So it, it's really, um, it was, you had to have a strong mind to battle the coronavirus too because, um, you know, if you let it worry the worry about it, just worrying about the minute they stuck that test up your nose, you waited a day or two to get your results. Those two days of waiting was probably the worst time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was never positive, <clears throat> thank God. And I got thank the God. I got the vaccine, and uh, so I've been good. But yeah, I know it it was very nerve wracking whenever you would get the test, and then you'd wait sometimes almost a week to hear back, and they call you and tell you. But yeah, I know what you mean. What about the because uh, one mental thing was the lockdowns that was tough how did how did that um how'd you guys make that decision to go forward with that so we started watching what um other reservations were doing you know we started watching and um as the cases started to really expand they started to go first we set a goal like if we get over 25 we were going to do this mandatory face mask you know employees everything then over 50 we're going to do something more strenuous but whenever the cases hit 100 you know, we, we, we had to do something where we had to keep everybody away from each other. Yeah. And as Apaches, we're, we're like a family. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like a family. And we um couldn't go see mom, dad, you know, couldn't see brother, sister. And it was for safety. It wasn't because we were trying to be mean, but it was to keep everybody safe. And, um, you know, when, when we felt it was too dangerous to even, you couldn't even blow on anybody, you know, and we had... The most cases I've seen on a reservation at one time was like 380, yeah. I believe. And it um, 
it was it was really tough. You know, it was really tough, and it was, you know, we have to do something, and we tried. And as I was making this decision, you know, it's probably the best decision we could do because we slowed it down. Yep. The cases started coming down. We've seen it, but um, during that time, people were being disobedient. People were saying, you know, you can't. You're violating my rights. You can't do this. You can't do that. I don't care. You know, sneaking out, doing things that they shouldn't be doing. You know, but it it was for the better of the community. It was trying to save lives because um, one one life lost was too many in my book. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was trying to explain to somebody who's not from here um, that we take loss a little bit different as a community. Um, one of my friends, he's he's saying, you know, like it's ridiculous. It should be your choice and stuff. You shouldn't have to be told um, to stay home and mask up. That should be on me if I want to put myself in danger. And then um, you you kind of take that side a little bit, and you're like, yeah, you know, I don't want to be told what to do. But the moment um, you're at a funeral or something, and you're on the uh, you're on the 180 end of that um, subject, it's it hits way different. And then you're like, yeah, you're right. One loss is too much. And the way um, COVID deaths, any death in the community hits hits the people. And it's um, heartbreaking. Um, it's, we, we're a little bit like our culture, our family culture, and how close we are. We're, we handle things a little different. And so I think um, it should be on each culture or community of people to put up their own rules because um, our rules aren't going to affect like um, a community in like Idaho the same way. I think um, we have to play by our own rules here on the reservation and, and do what we need to. But as far as like um, our people like obeying things and not, not following the rules, I think anytime you enforce like a set of rules on any group of people, there's always going to be people who don't believe it. And there's always going to be, be people who break the rules and, stuff and um i don't know if you're prepared for people to break the rules or if you're just like expecting everyone to follow but i think most people followed the rules i didn't see too much like uh i guess fight against your your last word on those you know every time we see a new paper come out it's like all right guys i'm going back to masks and everyone kind of had that tone but i didn't really see too many people like you know i'm not wearing my mask you know most people fell in line. A couple, no. <laughs> yeah, a couple here and there, but um, it was impressive to see most people follow the rules. Yeah, but. yeah. I, you know, I think, um, you know, like anything else, we all have somebody we look up to, and you know, if the person that's leading, I want to say a group or whatever, is is being disobedient, their followers will be disobedient. You know, and um, it took a couple, you know life-changing situations to make people believe like we were um at first it was really there was people that were blowing it off but then we we had our first death from coronavirus you know it was very hard it was hard reality hard to sink in you know um and then we had another death you know so as the the deaths in the community came the people and the scaredness and uh you know i don't want it to be me it came where i seen people wearing two or three masks Mm-hmm. you know that weren't wearing a mask so it 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 really took us from i don't believe it to i'm going to save my life i've seen i've seen it and you know today um i still remember um a couple of elderly that passed away that would call me and talk to me and they were they were waiting on the vaccine 
They were pushing. They were telling me, Gabe, when are we getting the vaccine? When are we getting it? I need it, you know, you know, and that's I, I still can remember that today. And they they passed on before the vaccine was released. And it's very tough because I don't tell people that, um, you know, that's what was really happening. But behind the scenes, behind the scenes where nobody's seen where um, we were delivering food and and delivering supplies and my my team the tribal um the tribal teams the the people that were on the management teams the emergency managers and everybody coming together i mean doing the roadblocks doing um on it. there's just so much that um stopping patrolling you know that went on but there was a time i'll tell you guys that um everybody was afraid to deliver to anybody that was positive so myself i delivered I don't know how many boxes to homes and I honked. I got out there. I was, I was doing the CDC. I left the food and the, the bleach and, uh, and, the and, the I want to say the dirt, you know, they said, leave it in dirt. I honked. I waved to them. They see me and I drove off, you know, like just to, because at the time when you're positive, they were saying, keep a certain amount of distance, keep everything. But it was once so once the employees started seeing me um, do it, their mindset changed, you know, and they said, well, we can do this, you know, and, and it and it takes that, too. And, you know, you know, there's times that um, I bet you trials in the military that you just had to do. And once your troops start seeing you do it, they believe in you. And mm-hmm. what you do, if you get afraid, they're going to be afraid. If you, you know, if you give up, they're going to give up. So we had to have that positive mindset no matter what came our way, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it, it was tough. It was tough. You talked about uh, what goes on behind the scenes. Is there anything else uh, that you want the community to know that they probably don't realize what goes goes on behind the scenes? What- yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, whenever um, we lost a lot of people and, um, you know, we were we, we, we had a lot of deaths in our community, you know, people couldn't couldn't mourn. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to say I was there with the families. I was there, um, trying to comfort, trying to be there, trying to. Um, you know, we couldn't have a funeral for two weeks, three weeks. You know, because the bodies were um, in El Paso, Albuquerque. If they were out of state, it would take longer. Sitting there waiting, waiting, not knowing whenever you're going to put your loved one to rest. But then when you finally do, and if they pass from coronavirus. Their body was either duck, um, saran wrap, bubble wrap, you know. So us as Apaches, we couldn't get that closure. We couldn't mourn because yeah. we're used to seeing our, our loved one and saying goodbye. But we we came to closed caskets. We came to where it's so hard to believe that they're even gone. It's so hard to believe that, um, you know, I I wonder if this pandemic didn't come, would they still be here today? You know, I, I, I don't have the answers, but I always often wonder why, you know, because that's one of the things is I even my friends, you know, that passed from coronavirus, I didn't get to see them, you know, mm-hmm. say goodbye. But um, it yeah. was tough for the families. Yeah. Out of uh, this whole, well, it's almost been two years being a president. What would you say is the biggest accomplishment that you got done? You know, <sighs> During the coronavirus, you had trials. You're, 
you're dealing with safety, you're dealing with everything, but also whenever the the help came, the funding came, you didn't just get it for free. You had to speak, testify, tell your story. You know, there's times I got very choked up talking about it. There's times that um, speaking in D.C., speaking to our, our leaders, you know, telling our story. You know, everybody thinks, oh, the money was given to the tribe, this and that. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, and I felt the hardest part was um, is that we had a different administration that was un-Native American friendly, you know. Yeah. The Trump administration, you know, dealing with his individuals, you know, I was asking for help. I was getting pushback. I was asking for certain things. I was getting hold on, which a lot of things that I truly needed help with, they didn't come through with. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, even as far as um, they were trying to um, allow things to go through, they were trying to include the Alaskan corporations, you know, that are not tribes. They were trying to include things to, that would hurt tribes, you know, and uh, I fought against it with other tribal leaders. I wrote a letter requesting um, two individuals in Washington's um, resignation, you know, and after that, I really felt the pressure from them. They were really like on me and our tribe wasn't getting the help we should, we deserved. But that's what I had to do as a leader. And people don't understand that um, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like everything you asked for, you were given. Yeah. It, it was pretty much begging sometimes, begging for help. It wasn't, it wasn't easy. And for anybody to say it was, you know, myself, I was trying to keep um, my vice president council safe. You know, some of them are, were elder. You know, and I was trying to say I'll handle as much as I can, but I might need help, you know, on the calls, back up. You know, we, we have to work together. And But it was it was really trying. It was really like there's sometimes that I just left defeated, mm-hmm. you know. And, and as a leader, you don't want to leave defeated. You want to leave like knowing that you fought for everything you had and you're frustrated. And, you know, I'm talking meals, food boxes, you know. You're talking in '95s. You're talking. It was a fight for them where they were all. They almost ran out of everything. Yeah, and we were down to our last little bit. But I'm thankful for the support in Santa Fe. I'm thankful for the the governor's support. I'm think I'm thankful for the the team we had in New Mexico because they really came through. And you know, I had a lot of friends in National Guard, and they came and helped, and they came and helped deliver food and. I talked to the other tribal leaders, and they might have got one or two supplies of food of a thousand or more, but they were saying that when they did their food calls, only handful showed up, so some of their food went to waste. But us, when we were handing out food, it was going, you know, thousand boxes within two hours gone. Mm-hmm. You know, us delivering to the homes two or three times, you know, working as a team. Everybody was using the tools we were given. What did um, what did the experience do for you as a person? Um, this is probably would you say one of the most stressful things you've you've endured in your life? Yeah, it it, it really humbled me. You know, it really humbled me. Where um, you know, you know, I've served in Iraq with the Marines and went to Afghanistan with the Army, and it this might have been a lot harder. You know, um, at least over there, you knew who your enemy was, and over here, you didn't know and. And, you know, having people pass in your own community felt like 
thinking back to the old days where, um, you know, you're talking smallpox, you're talking things that were out to exterminate your tribe, you know, out to um, to kill kill everyone. And um, it, it changed my mind where um, I appreciate life. Glad every every day I wake up is a blessing because, um, you know, I seen people one day, the next day they were gone. I had good friends, you know, that they went into the hospital and they never came out, put on the ventilators. And, you know, I was calling their families and just checking on them and doing the best they can. But they were, they could only talk to their um, mom through um, dad through um, a cell phone. And then when they went out and they were in a coma, the nurse would just FaceTime them and just show them their body. You know, they were sitting there hooked up in a machine. The pictures were so hard to look at that I can imagine the nightmares on the families. And it it, it was really unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's um, definitely helped you grow. And it's harder, you know, when you go overseas, you're, you're trained for that. You're trained to see the enemy fall. And it, it hits different at home um, whenever your your friends are are getting, you know, attacked by something and, and you're going through a lot of um, painful loss and it just, it hurts a little bit different at home. There's no way you can train for tragedy to happen at home. It's a different type of pain, you know. But um, I always compared my own self to how a lot of the leadership and stuff was handling the situation and I would think to myself, how if that was me, what would I do? How would I handle that? And I felt a lot of like intimidation, like secretly by the process. And uh, um, it had me thinking like, could I make a decision that would affect thousands and thousands of people? Or um, after I made that decision, and you're, you're, you're a politician, like you, you signed up for um, some of the, um, you know, the hatred and for the backlash for things you do. Like, so you were probably already prepared to not be liked by a lot of people. But now every decision that you make is amplified because you're handling a, a dis, um, you're handling a, a time that's affecting more lives on a on a greater much greater scale. You know, life and death. Um, whatever you say is the outcome is going to affect someone's ability to be alive another day. You know, and for that type of concentration to be amplified out to how many people are in our tribe again about 5281 somewhere 5281 um that's a lot of people to be nervous about every time you make a decision and stuff um i don't know if i if i want to be in that decision you know people ask me all the time like hey you know you, you started the podcast what are you getting at with that you want to be president someday and i see like times like this i'm like oh not really <laughs> you know especially um because not everybody thinks like you. Like in your end, um, I imagine, you know, you're doing 100% to see people be safe and to be okay. Your heart's big. But on the other end, looking in, you're the focal point, And it's so easy to talk trash about, you know, tribal leadership and stuff and be like, he's not doing this. He should be doing that. And he should be doing this. And I see that side too. And it's a, it's a, um, it's quite a complex, like, um, group of feelings that I get. I'm like, man, could I be the president? <laughs> that's that's a lot that you carried. Um, and I don't think, you know, personally, I don't think you you butchered the job. I saw you trying. I saw you always putting in your best effort. And sometimes I'd see your, their look on your face and you're tired. 
And one day I asked you, I said, has anyone asked how you're doing lately? Everybody wants something from you, but how, how have you been? And you're like, I'm tired, man. <laughs> you're like, I'm just exhausted from, and I imagine from thinking, you know, you're just constantly thinking and you're juggling decisions, what you should do. And uh, you have a lot of criticism on top of that and stuff. How much did um, the criticism get to you while you were working? You know, I ain't going to lie. You know, at this time in our lives, when we're going through this, I was hoping that people would come together more, you know, as a tribe, put all their um, emotion, put all their um, feelings to the side until after coronavirus is over. Let's save lives first. And it doesn't matter whose family they are. Let's let's pray together. Let's help one another. And let's, let's do what we have to do together as people. But there's people that couldn't do that, you know, that think they can, could have handled this. Being the present is the hardest job in the world. You know, people think it's easy. They tell me, Gabe, you make this job look so easy. It's because I've went through the motions and I've been a council member, been the vice president. There's no book that teaches you to be the president. Especially no book that teaches you how to say, I'm going to take on a pandemic. And I think the criticism came because um, it was political. We've seen what was happening in Washington, D.C., where the president with the tweets and everything going on, people were fighting in there. So our people were using the stuff that was in D.C. to do here. I mean, somebody, when I locked down one time, somebody made a picture of me with Donald Trump's hair. <laughs> and, and at first I was um, mad and then I laughed and I said, you know what, this is a good one. You know, because it, if people really think that much, they were, they're thinking I have this power, you know, where somebody told me the more people that talk about you, the more influence you have on everybody, you know, good or bad. You know, people that were... Um, complaining and writing stuff you know if they were in leadership the tribe would have failed mm -hmm. you don't need people in there like that you need people in there that are going to be positive that are in it for a change you know because one thing everywhere i go on in indian country i ask them oh how are you whether council member president why did, some of them say well, why did you run and well i ran because they took my land i ran because i was fired i ran because I don't like this person. I want to fire everybody. That's the wrong reason to be a leader. Mm -hmm. And in these in these positions we're in, you kind of got to walk walk straight and walk and be careful what you say and do because if you go out after people it's it's like in the patchy way everything comes around in a 360. You you have to um you have to respect it. You have to, because um, if not, it'll take you out. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I, you have to. Be, you have to understand that with come a great power comes great responsibility. And it's it's you, the only reason I could say I succeeded is I prayed a lot. I prayed about every decision. Um, one of my pastors and friends gave me anointment oil every morning. I was praying, saying, "Let me not um, forget what I'm doing. Let me not." Forget why I'm fighting. Let me not forget what what my what my job is. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, 
What's your pastor's name? Give him a quick, quick shout out. Uh, pastor Gary Lee Dorsey from Patches and the God. Big shout out, Pastor Gary Lee Dorsey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, so as a leader, and you're the leader at the top, you don't have a lot of people to talk to and vent to. You know, um, I'm thankful to, for my coronavirus relief. Team. You know, I'm thankful people like Tyner. Thankful for Nelva. Thankful for people, Lauren. You know, they they sat there and listened to me as I tried to make sense of what uh, what was going on. I um, I'm thankful for some, for some directors that stepped in, but at the time, you know, you can't have too many opinions in there because we're 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 fighting. We were fighting something that was just I I can't even explain. But um, I said once I we made a decision, let's stick with it. Let's give it our best. If we find it, we'll fix the kinks next time. You know, we found out every time we delivered food, this wasn't working. We tried to keep, to have two ways coming in. It took too long, so we went to four lanes. You know, we, every time we got better, you know, and when we were testing, when people came to test, we realized that it was taking a long time. You know, people had to go shop. I, I realized that I was, the first time I let everybody go Monday and Thursday, there was huge gaps in whenever um, they went to get food, so you switch it to Friday. You know, you, so there's times that you learn that things were okay, but there was a long time, you know. And it went to go as far as, you know, people needed things as fem- female products, feminine products, you know. And we even asked the state, we stocked up on things that people can't even understand, diapers for babies, um, you know. For men, we had a lot of motion. We had we had things that people needed, and it took it took planning, you know. And said, "How can I just keep everybody at home?" I remember when the inn was shut down. We were shut down for months, and um, we had thirteen hundred and fifty employees. I think the most we were down to was twenty nine. Wow! So you you had Mister Frizzell unloading on the forklift. You had people doing things, you know, and that normally don't do that. I think they might have had three people in accounting trying to make sure everybody's payroll. Every, you know, trying to, a travel center, C-store was closed, but then we realized the C-store might be better open to service, so we went back and forth, but it would depend on safety. I think the employees at the end that stayed on, you know, because without them, we couldn't have survived, you know. And it, it was everybody, you know. There was a lot of times that uh, the tribal employees got, Things because the it was awarded to the tribe, but to the end, the end employees, they carried us too, you know, and that's why I was trying to focus on something as we go forward. I got to give the appreciation to the Inamount God employees, you know, and give the appreciation to the tribal employees, but give the appreciation to the IHS employees and the care center. Mm-hmm. The care center shut down, nobody in, nobody out. Employees testing weekly. I mean, they endured horrifying things you know and um it, it was just safety you know no visitors you know for the the families you know and can't see your mom dad not just tribal but non-tribal you know we had to get creative you could go to a window wave you know knock and just barely see them but the things we were trying to help and give everybody some comfort you know i i don't want to say um the elderly assistant food mike lean's program you know they um were delivering food making food you know, we had scares where people got tested positive over there and people are looking, okay, okay, what do I do? So we, we took it 
the same way every time. We just tested everybody. And the weirdest part is you might have been positive. I was negative. He is negative. You know, but the next two people that were f- four seats down were positive. Yeah. So the coronavirus didn't – it didn't have a straight way, a zigzag. It went every which way, you know. So we endured it, and we, we, we kept on. And the focus was safety. And um, I'll talk a little bit about the isolation units. Yeah. Yeah, later. Oh, okay. No, no, but I, you know, like out of this thing, you know, as the the Navajo Nation was getting hit really hard, they were getting hit hard. They were, at first, they were sending their people back into their homes, and they were all still eating dinner at the table, whether they were positive or negative. No, Matt, you know, in your home. So people are still going to work. Hey, they told me to isolate, but I'm at home, you know, but isolate means going to your room lock up and um, stay away from everybody. But people didn't know it. They didn't know the, there was no, like I said, no rules, no, um, no way to explain it, you know, especially them having so many people. So us, an opportunity came, we found some funding and we bought those camper trailers, isolation units. We shot for 20, but we were able to find 17. Our our guys drove to Texas, straight over there and straight back without stopping just for gas, grab a, and and came back and, you know the the roads crew everybody you know, that put in to do it. I mean tribal maintenance, center maintenance, you name it. All, everybody was pitching in and we got those units and we set them up. You know and as the positives came, it got to the point where all seventeen were full and we had a waiting list. So at one time, you know, those things where they're isolating and then say if you had a family of seven and two were positive, two people were sleeping in there. We got it where it was two beds on each side, one bed on each side, and they were taking care of each other's and we had fire and rescue. I don't want to forget them. They were they did so much, you know, conservation, they did so much, you know, to help. But everybody was pitching in, everybody, you know, was putting their lives on the line. You know, I had you know, People, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I want to come see you. I want, but it's it's we just had to do it. You know the way we had to do it. And as as we started isolating people away from their families, we realized that people were getting better, and they weren't spreading it. And I even had the chance to share with the pueblos, share with the Navajos, share with Hickory of what we we're doing, and they 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 saw it and they were taking tips off of us. So when we spoke. Everybody was listening, you know, and it, it, to me it felt like Mescalero's leading the charge, Mescalero's leading the way, and and it was a good thing, you know. The, the, the governor's office gave us an award, and they also said um, at the Indian Affairs Summit last year it was virtual, but we spoke. We were the first ones to speak, you know, and and, and it, was, it, was, it was a good feeling, you know, to have Mescalero Apache tribe, you know. You're in your suit. You're in front of your camera talking about how good a job your people did but i told him i don't want to jinx it because we're not done you know and that's one thing that i always told him is that um we're still fighting this fight what what advice would you give to anybody that's even thinking about going into tribal council or even thinking about being a politician in mescalero you know the first thing i would say is pray about it but then you know, when you come in, you got to come in with a clear heart. 
Um, you got to work with the team you're given. You know, you're going to have to, you know, I always t- tell people, you inherit what you get. You know, you, you work with them. You, you, you try to um, build. You try to um, keep going. You know, stay positive. You know, but if you go in and you say, I got an axe to grind with somebody. Yeah. It's not going to work because after, say, you do get somebody fired, you're going to move on to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. And for you know it, we're a small community. I've seen where people have been approached and cussed out. Mm-hmm. I've seen it because and they say, oh, I didn't know that was your family. You know, I've seen behind the scenes. There's a side of politics and tribal politics that people don't see, yeah. that people don't know about. You know, the way you treat people go, means a lot, mm-hmm. you know, because um, people can get mad. People can find you. People, the way this, the way the world is right now, you know, you got you got to treat everybody with respect. You know, I tell people I'm not, you know, I'm not a weak man, but I get mad too. You know, but I have to control my emotions too. And you know, it. I would I would just tell them, you know, that it's 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 the most important job for our people. And and as and if anybody wants to be a leader, they gotta. They got to have faith, and they got to realize that um, they need to work as a team because you can't do anything by yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's I think one of the scarier um, things to deal with is um, you had a lot of not just backlash coming towards you, but to your family as well. And I think that's uh, would be a little bit diff- more difficult for me to try to want to put my family in that position and stuff. So, um, you know, just. I give a lot of credit to you for having to be in that position because anytime it's a business at the end of the day, regardless of people are like, no, we're a tribe, we're, we're a people. Well, when you break it down, it's run like a business. Our tribe, you know, we, we need to distribute resources and we need um, funding coming in. We need to support. Um, but, you know, none of that, however you handle that business, it should never be reflected onto your family. I think, um, that was probably something for me that I gave a lot of uh, sympathy to you for because, you know, like your family took a lot of, so we'll give a shout out to your family for being by your side and having to deal with the criticism as well and stuff. You know, it wasn't a, wasn't an easy job, you know, just seeing it. I know it wasn't an easy job, but um, I remember talking to you about um, what, what you would feel on your last day or six months down the road when we did the first podcast, you had a lot of energy. Um, you were excited for the job and I was, I was happy to see that. <laughs> and I was like, well, you're like, talk to me in six months. We'll see if I still got it, <laughs> you know, and here we are, you know, are you still full of that spark? Are you tired? How do you feel? You know, I feel like I am rejuvenating, you know, I feel, um, it did wear me down as a leader. Like you said, um, the president, every good, you get, you can get a praise. Every bad, you can get a, I want to say a lashing, or you could um, get bad, bad, I, I don't know, I want to say bad remarks, you know, said about you. You know, seeing my family go through that, my wife getting talked about, my daughter getting bullied by adults, to me in our little community, that was really uncalled for I mean how I can't even understand I would never do that to somebody's kids or family living here in Mescalero because that's not good 
you know, good people do not do things like that. That is not. I, I just feel sorry for them because there's something wrong with them, you know, and it took me a long time to realize this. But if you really looked how people speak and talk, it's a reflection of who they are, yep. you know, and, it, and it, it took me a long time to learn, you know, that, you know, you got to somebody says sticks and stones, sticks and stones, you mm-hmm. know, and, 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 and I understand, you know, but we're all human, mm-hmm. you know. You, you have to keep moving on. You can't show it, you know, but it's, it's there. It's know? a, it's a risk that you have to take when you put yourself under the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you're under a big spotlight and stuff. And mm-hmm. so, um, it's, it's a little bit, uh, more amplified in your, your position. I know, you know, me and Chris, we probably get talked about a lot for doing the podcast. Right. It's like, who do those guys think they are <laughs> and stuff. Um, but I think, you're right. It's a reflection of them. You know, all the criticism is, it's just, um, it's kind of like a, a way to see that they're unhappy in their own life and they're not doing anything and they're not even trying, you know? So, um, I had to get humble with that, that thought too. It's like, well, the people that do um, want to say bad things about you, that's just a reflection of their own unhappiness and you're doing good. And I just have to remind myself that too. It's like, well, you know, I, I truly know in my heart that our, yeah, I know in my heart that me and Chris's intentions intentions for this podcast, they're just good. So let's just keep going with it because I don't intend to harm anyone. Chris doesn't intend to harm anyone and you didn't intend to harm anyone. And um, it's, it's interesting to reflect on the positions we put ourselves in because we want to better ourselves and better the people around us and, and stuff like that. And it's um, people don't understand, people that don't put themselves in the spotlight or even try um it's so easy to point fingers and be like that dude's not doing a good job or to talk bad about that person um but so anyway uh i was just interested in how you dealt with the controversies and um all the bad things people say about you and uh, i was that was the thing i was most curious about a lot of criticism a lot of criticism. So, so one thing being the present you got to handle pressure mm-hmm. and pressure can either build you or it can kill you, you know, and, um, you got, you got, there's, you got a million things thrown at you at one time. You gotta, you gotta map them out. You gotta get strategic and you gotta realize I'm here to help everyone. You know, some people might think you're pushing them to the back of the burner, but it's not, you know, the tribe comes first. You know, you have to focus on there's, there's many tribes that try to hurt our tribe. Besides all this, I'm still speaking, trying to stop people that could hurt us. There's a tribe trying to build a casino in Las Cruces and testifying, testifying, trying to say, nope, because if they build a casino in Las Cruces, it would kill the Intermount Gods. It would kill us financially. So things like that behind the scenes, testifying, you know, I've seen people that I want to be the president, but they can't speak. They can't pray in public. They can't do anything. They'll just hide. How, how would you be able to handle this pressure? I mean, when Congress people want you there, you know, I've done talk shows with them. I've, you know, did interviews. You know, I I didn't want to share too many of them because the, you know, the jealousy is out there. They're like, oh, he just thinks he's good people, but it, it's not that. It's, it's that. Are you getting your tribe out there? Or are you not? You know, and the people want to know. Like I can, gladly say that if you go ask in Santa Fe. People will know who Gabe Aguilar is. If you go ask in D.C., they will know who Gabe Aguilar is. 
And, you, and then I can probably say, if you go walk into Mescalero Apache High School, people will know who Gabe Aguilar is, the kids, because that's who my that's who my, my goal was to, you know, people will stop me and the little kids will say hi. And I'm, I'm just amazed that the influence you can make as a leader. And it wasn't for the fame. You know, if it was for the fame and fortune, you know, it'd be different, you know, but it was – it was to just make a difference. and yeah. You talked a little bit about your family earlier. Um, your wife and daughter, they're real strong women. Were they your biggest supporters through all this? Yeah, they were. They were, um, you know, they were, they were hurt, you know. They were hurt. My family was hurt. But it's, you know, they would pray, you know, for me. But they would, they would tell me, you know, if you can endure this, you can do, endure anything. Mm-hmm. So after this COVID and everything, honestly, I feel like I could take on the world. Yeah. You know, I am. Um, I, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, after this, my next job is going to be a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, you know I've already had all this stress, really um, stress of not knowing, uncertainties. You know, but it, my next job is just going to be a piece of cake, and that. My wife and my my goal is to spend more time with family. Yeah, you know, because during this time, there's time that I had to leave or had to do. You know, I was I missed a lot of things. You know, but it's it's really good. It's 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 something I you can't even explain. You know, do you feel like God put you through all this these past two years so, to move you up in your journey? I I honestly do. Yeah, I honestly do because in order to be great, you have to. Um, go through persecution you have to go through trials you know if it was given to us and it was easy yeah you wouldn't respect it you know and sometimes i always wonder is like why why me why me and i, I sat there and i thought about it and i thought about it but why not me exactly. <laughs> you know yeah. so there's there's this thing is they could be setting you up for greatness you know i'm, I'm at the highest level job for the tribe you know and the way I, the way I speak, the way I talk, I represent the tribe. I represent Mescalero. People don't realize when they were bad mouthing me, they were bad mouthing the tribe. Mm-hmm. So, and and you know, you're talking about yourself, you know. So that's that's one thing I I wanted to tell the people is like we're we're all one, yep. you know. So, um, what a, what was your because um, Chris was letting me know earlier in the week, he said, "Hey, um, just so you know, um, Gabe wants to come back on. He he has a he wants to talk to the people one more time through the podcast and stuff. Is there a message that you wanna that's on your mind? Is there something that you really wanna highlight, or is it just the announcement of your face coming up now? <laughs> <laughs> well, both, you know, both. But um, you know, I wanted to share here. I w- I've been preparing a a letter and a statement to our tribal members. You know, I've been." After a lot of thought, prayer, talking with my family, you know, I decided to not run next year. Yeah, I decided to um, finish out my term till January, work hard for the next four months, and take a couple years off or see where life takes me. You know, and um, it was a hard decision, you know, but I, I like something in my heart told me take a break. You know, take a break because of what you endured. Us Apaches, we gotta clear. We gotta clear our minds, 
clean yourself off, you know, and uh, get healthy, get strong, you know, and keep going because um, this thing that we endured, it was it was like it was evil. Yeah, I want to say that um, I was. It was like good versus evil. It was bad, you know, and it was frightening. But I, I felt like fighting it head on with for the tribe, you know, in a way it kind of took me out mentally a little bit where, um, you know, nobody knows behind the scenes whenever um, a tribal member and them, they lost a loved one, and then they say, you killed him. You didn't do enough. You didn't do this. You didn't do that, you know. And, and then we, we come and they apologize, and I said, I know. And I said, no, I understand. I don't know why this happened, you know. And, you know, the heartbreak, the heartache, you know, um, you know, it, it's just, it's just overwhelming. Yeah. So I, I really feel I need a, I can't be a hundred percent great if I'm not great, mm-hmm. you know, so I need to focus on myself. And if, if God wants me to come back and work for the tribe one day or do something, I will, but, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see where life takes me, you yeah. know, and see what, I I know I got a lot of opportunities, and I I won't share them till probably after my my term. But um, you know, life's like, you know, there's there's no limit to what I can't do. Yeah. You know. So I, you're right, Blue. I did want to share that because I, I think the people should know. You know, um, people. Have, I've been telling people here and there that I wasn't running and. I even had people saying they're praying. I changed my mind, you know, talking to me, please, please, you know, and I, I did consider it. I did consider it, but, you know, last October before when we were going through the coronavirus and then I said, you know what, after this year, I'm thinking about taking a break. I said, show me a sign that I shouldn't run. And last year, well, this year I did see the sign, you know, I seen evil, I seen things that, you know, shouldn't be done to no person. You know, I seen stuff that can ruin our tribe, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want no part of it. You know, I, I honestly, I came in here, at the end of the day, I came in here to try to do the best I can, you know. I would never get a kick out of hurting somebody. You know, I never get a kick out of that. And I see that there's there's a lot of things coming and you know, if if we don't watch out, it's going to destroy us. Yeah, and and, the, and that's the that's the truth and the hard bottom line I see. And for myself, with the with the pandemic and everything, you know, my heart's just telling me, you know, get healthy, take a break, and see what life has in store for you. Yeah, what do you think it would take to change all that that mindset that some people have? You know. Of that evilness or whatever. You have to forgive. Yeah. You know, sometimes something could have happened to you 10 years ago, whether you bumped somebody or you fought, you know, whatever you're holding against somebody, if you can't release that, if you can't forgive the person, it's going to eat you alive and get you sick. Mm -hmm. So in order to, to be... I want to say healthy to be, you know, happy. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta forgive. And and honestly, I seen some, like I said, I seen some horrible stuff 
happened to me from tribal members that I wouldn't wish on anybody that said things. You know, I would never do it. You know, if I responded that way, I would feel guilty at night. You know, I would because you just don't do those things. Mm-hmm. And like, I wonder, you know, you can put on this this thing that you're happy that you're for people you're doing good but if you if it doesn't show or if you you know you're just miserable yeah you know and that's that's what i'm I'm telling the people i mean if i really loved this job and i was the bad person i would stay here and fight till no more but I'm, i'm walking away you know i think this year the tribe's gonna have record breaking years a year at the end of Mount God's, you know, we're gonna we're doing things, you know, we're 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 fighting for more funding. We're gonna start a jail this year. We're gonna start an apartment complex this year, and we're gonna start on some modular homes this year. And then we're gonna build a bridge at the end of Mount God's. You know, a lot of planning, a lot of um things going on. So, you know, as um, I'll just explain it right now. I'll, I'll tell you like the other day. You know, the, I talked about um, making our community more professional, more better. I, I visit with tribes that have a, are succeeding, that are building homes, moving, construction. I've been build, uh, visiting with tribal leaders, so I've been getting tips and ideas. These guys have been hiring people to help them prepare and do everything the right way. You know, mm-hmm. they call it um, project management. So somebody gets it out there and they don't even know anything about it. And they say, oh, you want to hire a management team to run the tribe and run the and, – and see, the thing is this thing ran and people are like saying so. They said, we don't need anybody. We can do it ourselves. Okay, if we can do it ourselves, why haven't we built a home in 12 years? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. why isn't there anything moving? It's because we say we can do it ourselves, but internally everybody can be bad. Whoever – you have to – you have to believe – you know, and you have to take advice. If you can't take advice from anybody, you will never succeed, good or bad. You know, you, you got to you got to realize that there's people that cross your path for a reason. Yeah. You know, and but um, things like that. You know, you got to realize that our tribe down here, we don't have engineers that are going to do the uh, the 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 plans for the roads. You know, we don't have um, people to do graphic designing. You know, all the specialties, you know, the inspections, people that do inspections. We don't. So how do we know that people aren't taking advantage of us? How do we know that um, people aren't shortcutting their jobs? How do we know, you know, that things aren't happening bad? So, um, you know, until we can actually get it together, we will never know. Yeah. Um, So you were on council for how many years? Five terms, five, and then and then vice president for no, no. I, I won my first term council, my second term vice president, my third term vice president, my fourth term vice president, and my fifth term I was got president. Oh, okay, with, with all those terms, what would you say your your best memories about about all those? <clears throat> you know, I've worked with so many people. You know, so many different council members, so many different presidents, vice presidents. Everybody was unique in their own way, you know, but everybody cared in their own way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes 
we couldn't agree on anything, but then sometimes we really wanted to do something good, you know, but I really, I really appreciated everybody. Like no matter at the end of the day with a couple of councils, we could shake hands when we left, you know, even though we argued, you know, we still respected one another. Sometimes that respect today is lost, you know, and I kind of look at it this last year, just thinking about it. I blame a lot of it on our former president saying things like, you know, I'm not leaving, you know, the things that happened at the Capitol, you know, things like that shouldn't happen. That pretty much divide veterans all across the world, you know, that, yeah. that thing, you know, things like that. So whatever happens on TV rolls down to us, yeah. you know, good, bad, you know, people are bringing a, a guy, Coy Griffin on the reservation, think that, you know, they're going to get him to fight. But then you realize when we really, we don't want to embarrass the tribe member, but if the everything proper documentation was really, really presented to the people, yeah, they would, they would freak out, you know, and it's not, there's two sides to every story. Yeah. Sometimes people run out there and they just tell their side and say, Hey, they don't like me. They don't, they're mean to me. You know, I don't, you know, and before you even know, it gets personal. Mm-hmm. And then people are saying, well, he don't like my family. She don't like my family. And it gets personal when it should really just be on the facts. But sometimes people are trying to get the facts out so that they can just say, you know, to get whatever they want. That's their goal and that's their plan to discredit everyone to get what they want. Someone like someone like Corey Griffin, I think he probably had his own agenda because, I mean, if he really cared about the tribe, he, he should have went and talked to you first, right? Mm-hmm. And did he do that? No. No, yeah. So, so, I see what you- so things like that, you know, our tribe, um, you know, we're a real traditional tribe. You know, and that things like that happen. A lot of people came and, you know, where's the respect for our people, you yeah. know, for, our, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, back to the topic. Like, so is there any stories, like some of your best memories, some of your best memories of, of this whole terms that you've done? Some of your most favorite? You know, some of the, some of the best ones were... Um, you know, just just helping people. Yeah. You know where, um, you know, if you can help somebody that can never repay you, you know, there's some people that that says, "Oh, Gabe, I've been, I've had this water leak for years. Nobody came and helped us, or I had this you know, times where, um, you know, something that so small and easy to fix, but they never really got help. You know, helping people's a great thing but then you get people to say I need help but I'm not going to I'm not going to pay nothing mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do it I know you helped other people I know this and then they it, it gets cross-sided instead of like coming to a solution they're getting you saying you know they're they're trying to use that intimidation like hey blue I I know you helped everybody else but you don't want to help me it's not that you know if if somebody there's a difference for somebody that owns their house when they sign it, they ha- they take full responsibility. It's not the tribe's responsibility to help. Mm-hmm. It's it's the individual's responsibility. You know, I've seen people being evicted that have a good paying job. It's just that they didn't want to pay the rent because they felt they didn't have to pay the rent because a tribal member. Yeah. You know, so it's it's the responsibility of the individual. You know, 
to uh, better their life. You know, I had a I had somebody walk in my office. I'm I need a house. The tribe owes me a house, and I'm not paying for electricity or cable. And I said, Well, who tweeted this? And they said, My my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, that's not the right way. Let's let's help you get a job, and let's help you get you on the list. Let's help you, you know. And and no, I deserve a house. And that mindset's not the way to happen. Um, people want dividends every day. You mm-hmm. know, people. That's the thing they fuss at me. You know, that money wasn't the 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 tribe's money. That money was given to them by the federal. That money might have been given, but the council had the authority to say how much they were going to pay. Yeah, how much they were going. They could have given five, six hundred, but they were more than generous to try to help people come out of debt. Try to help people as the country starts opening up, helping. But um, you know, people. I I don't care if it would. They were to give out ten thousand dollars each. That still wouldn't be enough. Yeah. You know, because in people's mindsets, you know, they think the tribe owes them. You know, and. And that's one of the things that I struggle telling people is you have to put in the effort. You have to – if you buy a car, the tribe can't pay for the car for you. Yeah, It's your job to pay your insurance. It's your job to pay your payment. If not, they're going to take it. And somehow it came up that the tribe is the one that's going to save everybody and deal with that. And that's whenever people get upset is because – if they were to pay your car payment, they got to pay blues. They got to pay everybody's, mm-hmm. and the tribe's not set up that way, you know. But that's you would be surprised on all the requests that come in the tribal offices, you know. Um, I, you know, people fire this one, fire that one, fire. You know, it's 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 really you can't let that hate overcome you. I've seen things that are really bad. In, in my seat, you know, and I won't even share any of those, but it, it's it's to the point where people, if you're willing to go that far to hurt somebody, no telling how far you're willing to go. Yeah. You know? So so this is like your uh, kind of uh, farewell. You need, you're uh, needing a mental break huh, from all this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could, I could say, you know, or just to refresh, mm-hmm. you know, but honestly, I, I wouldn't change it for the world, yeah. serving my people. I mean, I wouldn't change it, but, you know, like, for me, you know, I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to work. I'm going to do stuff, but I'm going to I'm gonna be there for people. I'm still going to volunteer. I tell somebody, you want to make a difference? Go volunteer. You know, go help. You know, um, when I got elected, I asked the president, can I open a gym on Sunday for the youth from 2014 to like two, right before the pandemic, I was opening for those kids to to play basketball every Sunday from like one to four, you yeah. know. And I would get a hundred kids, and I would have to tell them to play, you know. At average, would be about thirty kids, and I'd have to make sure there's no fighting, make sure there's nothing. I was volunteering, trying to make a difference. Now I see all those kids in the community say hi to me. I know their names. They, it, it took me volunteering. People just didn't say, oh, that's Gabe Aguilar overnight. It took me, you know, helping when the when the feasts come. You know, I was I was helping putting up the big tippy, helping with the arbor. You know, I just wanted to be a blessing to whoever's having their feast or help the community. It took me a long time, mm-hmm. but um, I just, you know, it, people ask me how how you became popular or known. Because I took the time for the community. Yeah. Now that we're at this point now, and we're kind of looking back, 
looking back on your term and your experience, what's um, something that you wish you would have done better? That's a good question. You know, honestly, you know, honestly, it, it was all it was all a learning experience. You know, so as far as doing better, you know, we could have all said I should have done this, this, and that, but it was it was such a learning experience for me, everybody that gets elected, it's a learning experience on, you know, I wish I could write a book that says how to be a council member, how to be a vice president, president, you know, how to handle a pandemic, but it's, honestly, it's, it's it, I would say, you know, I probably, I don't know, maybe that's a good question, because mm-hmm. I honestly don't know what I would have done better. Do you feel like each day you were kind of just reacting and, um, I get that way sometimes when I look back at it. Um, usually when I come out of a situation that I know I've grown from or that I was put in to do something with, I always ask that. It's like, what could I have done better to be where I'm at now? Um, what, could I, what, what more could I have done? What, what should I have gone to bed earlier and got up earlier? What? And some of the times in some situations, I felt like I was reacting so much that every day I was just trying to keep up. And when I, when I, have, when I have those experiences, I don't ever um, make it a habit to put myself down and be like, I should have done this better, I should have done that better, because all I was doing was reacting. And I don't miss those situations because the stress involved with it, when you're, so, you're playing reactor so much that you're just constantly stressed. Because, you know, you don't have the time to be more proactive. Um, I don't miss those situations, but I know that I've, um, those situations help me grown the most. I've learned the most lessons over times like that, where it's like, you know what? I honestly don't know what I had, could have done better. Cause, you know, I, and it's um, when I asked that question, I didn't mean to put you on the spot or be um, like, like judgmental. No, I actually yeah. got one now thinking about it. Yeah. All right, you you wanna? So, you know, in my my in my time in leadership, I wish I would have um, sat on more n- national boards. Mm-hmm. I would I wish I would have um, to to probably only like about three years ago, I accepted being part of boards and helping other tribes and helping because my main focus was our people, but. You know, lately it's gotten to the point where we're part of the National Congress of American Indians, part of the National Indian Gaming Association. We're part of um, associations where they're asking me, are you willing to serve? And I kind of wish I would have got out there even for like missing murder indigenous women and been one of the front runners with it. But in a way I was I was learning because um I had to sit back and listen and get information before I could speak on something that, you know, was brand new. But but to get out of your comfort zone and get out there and get on TV and and actually talk and, you know, get it done. You know, I I wish I would have really, from the get-go, just said, sign me up for everything. Mm -hmm. But then again, when, when you're out there fighting for 
tribal rights all across. Sometimes you leave your your tribe, you know, because I see tribal leaders that are doing that. They're gone 15, 20 times a year, you know, meetings, representing, you know. So what would the people have said if I've done it, you know, but it's 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 really a good thing. What exactly what exactly was that? The national board you're talking about? You know, just National Congress of American Indians, you know, like our, our former president Wendell Chino was a chairman at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, the tribe got back in there and joined. You know, we've been visiting with them and you know, they they want Mescler under. You know, they want they want Mescler on the fight, you know. So there's a lot of things that um you know, other tribes feel like our tribe still carries a lot. People always say that, oh, I never hear nothing. That's not true. When I w- walk in there and I represent and talk, you know, people f- come to me, approach me and say, oh, my gosh, Mescalero. You know, and it's a good feeling because if they're saying that, it's just because that's the way they feel. But when I go talk in D.C. and people come, I had senators, congressmen come and say, shake my hand and just say, you know, I'm very honored to meet Mescalero. You know, and that's that's a good feeling. You know, I, mm-hmm. I got to speak on um, coronavirus recovery in San Diego. You know, I had a standing elevation after I spoke, and it. I just told them I don't want to take the credit for this. I want to give the credit to my to my workers, my staff, everybody, because of course I led it, but they did the. I want to say the grunt work of it. They were the ones behind the scenes getting this done. So, I mean, I wish I would have been, you know, more involved at a national level, mm-hmm. pushing for everything. If um, you could do it all over again, though, you said you would, right? Yes, I would. You go right back through it and just do it again. It's just that um, you're you're ready to take a break. You're tired. Yeah. yeah. I think you deserve it. You've been in that position for a long time. I don't think it's healthy for um, one person to be and caring so much for that long, you know. And I think you said something about not having enough time. You were afraid you weren't going to have enough time to accomplish what you wanted to. Because um, you said, some. I don't know if this was on the podcast or off the podcast, but you said um, people usually get in and by the time they learn the job that they're already getting out. But um, you were saying that something that you had in your favor was that you had been working with uh, Mescalero Politics for um, a good enough time and that you were excited to use your experience in your position. And then um, COVID hit and it took all that experience away and you, you became a reactor. Um, so I was um, interested to hear on what your thoughts were on that. You know, you were excited, you're on top of the world, but you just got hit with a whole different position that you weren't experienced with at all. Yeah. So, you know, when I first took office, I was saying, you know what, I want to build so many homes just to prove a point. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to do something that hasn't been done, even if it was one home, just build one home and say you did it. You know, but like you said, COVID and everything happened. Um, you know, I had a plans for a playground, which hopefully for the kids will be started you know, soon, working with the council, you know, I think things for the youth, you know, somebody had been bugging me about a skateboard park. I was looking for funding for skateboarders. You know, I didn't want to 
forget about them. You know, the the apartment building, the, the rain came through the roof, and it just smelled like mildew every time. It was just water leak after water leak. I'm very proud to say that we found money, and we were able to replace the building. It's torn down. Mm-hmm. So maybe around October time, the new building will be put up and get ready to move in. But, you know, um, as a as I seen it, like when I first took office, the tribe, you know, we never used any of our own money to upgrade anything. You know, um, the swimming pool had been closed for years, years and years since you were a kid. I don't know what year they just could. Well, when I came in and. 2014 I looked at it I walked with the you know the director and it was just gross water at the bottom so somebody challenged me to get it done and we did a bid and the bids came back 800,000 almost a million dollars but then we said well what would it be to uh, bring in somebody small a company and try it and that company got that swing pull up for two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and and now it's running now and it's still working for our kids and you know, little goals like that. So I had to write for um, to to try to find money at donations. We we redid the floor, we repainted the gym, you know, which we're gonna have to do again because the pallets from the coronavirus, um, from all the you know mask, cleaning, bleach, everything that was on there was heavy. It cracked the floor. So we 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 actually got the state of New Mexico is donating money as soon as we can find a place to put all our supplies. We're going to redo the floor in the gym, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, you know, we painted it. We redid the bathrooms were old and they smelled and um, right next to the concession stands. Mm-hmm. We were able to do stuff like that. And that's the things that I wanted to keep showing, you know, like I wanted to tear down the feast grounds, the front gate and get an actual nice place where you walk and pay. Maybe have some nice restrooms with showers, you know, mm-hmm. for our, our guests and for our people. That's, you know, or either move the feast grounds. You know, there's just things like that that it's not a lot, but it shows. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to do the quick upgrades, you know, that um, the baseball field, we got it and then coronavirus hit. Mm-hmm. And the guy that was helping us build it actually passed away, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So it was it was kind of crazy. And that's one of the things I, I my like one of the best things going back to Chris is I went and watched one of our youth baseball games over there this year. And yeah. they had it down there. And um, Dewey. Wayne Comanche invited me, and I he was a coach, and and I went over there and I sat there and I just watched our little baseball field I use. I know it's mm-hmm. not done, but little things like that where um, it makes a difference. You know? So even though you didn't get to apply your, um, you know, that excitement and your goals from the beginning of your term, um, I, I guess what you're saying is that you're still happy with a lot of the goals you were able to accomplish in in turn. Yeah. Um, well, we, we couldn't plan for it, but, um, you know, we notice, we notice a lot of the things that do come up, um, that, and I think a lot of people were thankful for the money that, that did come out and the tribal council got together and and made some agreements and, um, a lot of money came out to the tribe, um, you know, to help with bills and stuff. And, um, I certainly was thankful because, you know, I was falling behind and stuff from, you know, little things that you weren't expected, um. Corona affected everybody. Um, I hope that uh, whoever comes in behind you um, has it a little bit easier, though. I hope that the tribes learned a lot, and I hope the next person that comes in has, you know, energy and is is ready to take on this new. Because 
uh, however you like to look at it, we're entering a new phase of life now. Um, this recovery phase is going to be real interesting. And I know a lot of people are going to have a lot of hopes. We're going to want to see a lot of things get done. Everyone's excited about the apartments coming up. And um, hopefully the, the new Delta variant doesn't put us back to square one where everybody's all masked up again. But um, hopefully, you know, we're turning over a new leaf and we're starting a new chapter here. Uh, I just want to see more enthusiasm. Like when you came in on that first day, you don't seem too tired, but I can tell you're tired. You know, you still you still seem pretty positive and um, haven't seen you broken yet. No, you're still you're still smiling and um, moving forward with and you seem pretty optimistic as far as, you know, uh, but I was interested to see how you're doing. I was interested on your on your mental health as, as you know, we all know that's a tough position for you to, to be in and for your family to be in. Um, but hope you finish strong and you know and anyone that's in that's seen some things and wants to share their experience in their leadership position in the tribe you know feel free to reach out to us we'd love to have you on the podcast and i'd like to hear some other perspectives you know this this podcast is for anyone um we say it all the time um especially you know there's how many other leadership positions out there i'm sure they all have a take and they all have you know their perspective and you know if anyone wants to share any of that um, please reach out. Um, we're not discriminating in any way. You know, you're welcome yeah. on onto the podcast and share your experiences as well. You good? Um, you have anything, Chris? No, I just uh, want to say uh, thank you for all you've done, Gabe, for these past two years. You know, you I've always said you've genuinely cared about the tribe, and I could see that, and really appreciate everything you've done for our people. And I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people out there feel the same. You know, um, is there any anybody else you want to bring up? Maybe give shout outs or any other stories you want to tell about? You know, I just want to, first of all, give a shout-out to my, you know, my family. Yeah. You know, my wife, daughter, my son. But also my, um, my my parents and my cousins and everybody for standing behind me during this time. You know, during the time I've been in office, you know, some of my family got a beating. You know, people that worked at the Edamon Gods for 15, 20 years or being accused of me hiring them, and I've only been in there nine years right now, you know. So, I mean, my my family got it, but I just want to give them a shout-out. You know, I want to give a shout-out to um, the staff, you know, the staff that were there. I want to say the end of Mount Gods, you know, first I'll start at the end, you know, for believing, being creative. You know, um, when we came in, I was young, you know, they had talked about the zip line for years, and I remember... I was the vice president, and the council were there, and I broke the tie, and we ended up taking the zip line on, yeah. you know, and now it's a huge success, you know, just as well as the the tap house, yep. you know, having our own brewery. People were optimistic, saying it's going to do really good, and then some people were like, no way, and now it's one of our biggest money makers, you know, and then things like the Top Golf, and, you know, we everything we do. The spa. The spa. Yeah. Just taking off, you know, and I want to thank all our employees at the Amount Gods that um, worked worked hard for us and worked hard. I want to thank all the employees for the tribe, you know, that um, came to work and worked for me, worked hard for the tribe, and you know, um, it, it, it's it, it, I'm not going to say it's been the the easiest, but it's been it's been trying, you know, and I want I want to thank the the healthcare workers, you know, law enforcement, you know, my DR, the DRMP, you know, the gay guards, you know, I, you know, I, I just want to say thank you to everybody, 
You know, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to thank the community for the the confidence and the faith in me to lead them too, because, you know, to out to win five times in a row. I could say, you know, since I was accounting came and told me that you're the seniors towards Wendell Chino because Wendell Chino won like 40 times in a row. But before me, somebody would do two terms and then they would lose and then they would come back. But I did five in a row, you know, truly filled. If I were to keep going right now, I would be six, you know. But, you know, it's just not what's meant in my cards right now. I don't don't really want to push it. And, um, you know, I want to... You know, also say um, to the people that stood behind us last year during coronavirus, the workers, the community, the Mescalero Strong, you guys are the heroes. You know, to the to the ones on the front line, the fire rescue, you know, conservation, you know, um, I don't want to say parks and rec, cleaning the quarantine chambers, you know, the quarantine um, trailers, you know, everybody that did their part, you know, I want to thank them because um, – you know, it's easy to take all the credit. I could say I did this to that, but it wasn't. It wasn't me. It was. It was my staff. It was the ones that were getting it done. You know, I wanna. You know, I just want to thank everybody. And um, on this on this last part, I wanna say it was a. You know, to the tribal members. You know, it was a. It was an honor. You know, and I wish we didn't have to go through what we went through last year. And to the to the families that lost loved ones. You know, I'm still hurting, and I'm I'm still praying for you guys, and I and that, I mean it wholeheartedly because, you know, I can't explain. Like I always say, I always think about it, and I think about your loved ones, and and I wonder if we wouldn't have had this pandemic, would they still be here? You know, but I, mm-hmm. I just want to share with their with their ones that were hurting, and to the ones that, um, you know, we talked blue were um, the mental part of this to the ones that had coronavirus, to the ones that were in isolation, to the ones that were in the hospital, to the ones that overcame, you did it. And and there's nothing that can hold you back. You know, there's nothing that, you know, through prayer, through belief, staying strong, you can accomplish anything, you know. And I want want to say to our youth, you know, to to work hard, you know, and to – you know, go to college. If not college, go to the military. If not, go to trade school and, and, and do something. And always realize that, um, you know, you have to work. You have to start from the bottom and work hard. You, In order to be a good supervisor, in order to be a good leader, you have to be able to take orders, you know, and you have to be able to, um, you know, be able to work as a team. You know, I, I, I know, know in this day and time, Everybody wants to be the boss, but nobody wants to do the work. Mm-hmm. So I want to say that to our youth, you know, you only live once before you know it, you're going to be graduating. So live it to the fullest. Don't ever let anything hold you back. And um, to the people that um, are dreaming on the reservation of doing something big, you know, I want to say if you get an idea in your, in your heart, in your mind, and your soul, do it today. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold back because the next millionaire might be sitting in this room. The next person to invent something might be on a reservation. You know, I see a lot of people say, I wish I would have done this. I could have done this. You know, go out there and do it and just believe, work hard because sometimes 
when you work for yourself or you work for a community, you're going to work more hours than you ever worked. I think I've worked so much over these last 10 years that, you know, people are at my house. I'm never off the clock. I go to a feast. I go somewhere. Can I get five minutes? Um, I go to Walmart. My wife gets cranky with me because one person stops to talk to me and five people lined up behind her. And and I so I'm talking to them and it's, you know, try to do that. As a tribal official, tribal leader, you're never off the clock and you're you're a servant to the people. You got to be able to serve in order to serve. But, um, you know, I just to the people, I just, you know, I'm going to have my um, my blessing feast September 17, 18, Friday and Saturday. You know, I invite everybody to come out and eat, you know, dance. And, you know, it's 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 a way to show our thank you. And, you know, I'm thankful for my family for um, putting it on for me and. You know, and the honor it is to to be the leader of the Mescalar Apache tribe, you know, because it is an honor, you know, because, um, you know, our people are strong people. We're fighting people, and I don't take that um, lightly, you know. And if it's in the man upstairs, um, if it's in his, um, you know, in his wish for me to come back one day, I will. But if not, I'll walk away and... Um, I'll, I'll live my life, you know, the way I, I feel. I always, um, you can't get too um, relaxed because, you know, once you get a good leader, you got you got to respect, um, you got to respect leadership because, you never know what you have until it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in the military, blue. You know, I had great platoon sergeants, great, you know, gunnies, and 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 then they left, retired, and man, the next guy stepped up. I had to work with them, but it still wasn't the same. But we moved on, and we kept going, and we kept fighting, and we kept doing what we had to do to make the mission go and to do what we have to do. But um, with that, I'll close, and I just want to say thank you all, and God bless you all, and, you know, I'll be around, and, you know, I'll be an average tribal member come January, but um, I'll still be here helping, volunteering, you know, whatever whatever I can do. Me and my family, was, we're part of this community, and we're always going to be part of this community. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your service. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to Riding on the Wall podcast. We'll talk to you next time. One more time for Gabe Aguilar. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard, and if anything, inspire our community.